0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out KettleCast, a spot where you can come for discussion with technology consultants who have seen it all. Matt Leathers, our lead consultant here at Kettle, has over 15 years of experience working for some of the leading firms in the world. Today we are here to provide practical ideas based off our wealth of experience across all types of industries while hopefully providing some entertainment and advice. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to pop in and tell you we are pivoting from our last series from the Cannabis Diaries to a broader topic. This series, titled Drive or Be Driven, How to Manage Your Career Like a Consultant, and the accompanying blog posts can be found on the episode page. Some of this content will be tailored towards those who are specifically looking to strengthen their consulting career, But as we all know, consultants are called in to fix problems, so why not incorporate these practices into your day-to-day, no matter what your title is, and impress your boss or better your organization? If anything we say sparks your interest, feel free to go to the show page and leave comments and questions. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm here with Matt, our lead consultant here at Kettle, and today we have some topics planned that we have both lived to varying degrees. Obviously, Matt more than me, and probably in a more painful way, but Matt's pain is my gain as I learn about the consultant life and journey up the ladder. So I'm hoping we can share some of this knowledge with listeners. Matt, why don't you introduce our first topic in the series?
1: Sure. So uh, there's this concept in the consulting uh, performance reviews and in managing your career as a consultant that's called up or out. And this is patterned off of an older way of managing employees and managing personnel, whereas if they are not moving up the ladder and not making progress towards promotion, then you counsel them out, which is a really nice way of saying you treat them poorly enough until they decide to leave on their own volition so you don't have to fire them and and deal with the paperwork involved with that. It is a pretty unpleasant process and it's a dark, uh, seamy side of consulting. But if you kind of understand why they do it and understand the context, then the rest of this guidance and this podcast series kind of falls into place. Um, So once you know the the ins and outs of the process around performance reviews, uh, how they work in the consulting space, we're gonna give you some practical feedback and some advice on how to um, take advantage of this process, even if you're not in consulting, like like you said, Amanda. If you aren't a consultant, um, the up and out process is probably something that you may be unfamiliar with. This is the time of year uh, at the end of the summer where a number of the big four like Deloitte and Accenture and KPMG start to wrap up their annual process. And it seems really strange, but basically their fiscal year ends uh, at the end of the summertime and heading into the fall you typically see a pretty stronger set of client demand and more of an emphasis on staffing and new engagements as you head into the holiday season so we're at the time of year where people are starting to get their performance evaluations so august and september the process is over it's finished then people are rated on a 1 to 5 scale and they find out how they did for better or for worse so In the consulting space, there's typically a one to five scale. Um, The ones are the top 5%. The next 15% are the twos. So if you're in the one and two category, you are the top 20%. There's a nice big middle. That's about 60% of the organization. There's a below average standard deviation. That's the bottom 15% um, and the bottom 5%. That's the fours and the fives. So the fours at the bottom, say 20% and the fives are the the 5% of that 20%. So if you get a one or a two, you're probably going to be pretty happy this time of year. That means you get a nice bonus, usually 10 to 20% of your salary. Um, You are probably getting a salary increase anywhere from 8% to 12% depending on the overall performance of the firm. Now... If you're in the bottom part of that, uh, the middle percent, the 60%, they don't really get much. You get a cost of living increase. You get maybe an 8 to 10% bonus, which, which sounds like a lot, but when you're out there and being charged out for millions of dollars a year, it's not that much money, um, especially given the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into a career like this and a job like this. So the between the one, two, three, four, and five, and that rating criteria, and understanding if you're on the top 20%, the middle, or the bottom 20%, that's a big part of it. The other part of the puzzle is the salary bands. So each level in a consulting firm has a salary band. If you were an analyst, and that's usually the first one to three years of your career in consulting there's a minimum salary and a a maximum salary. And that goes all the way up to the partner levels. And if you are trying to get promoted between the one to five scale and the salary band, it gives you a very clear expectation for, am I moving up and am I moving forward? Or should I consider moving out? And so for example, if a consultant is trying to get promoted to manager, consultants are are looked at in terms of years at level. And most consultants are around three years to seven years in their career in consulting. Um, If you are starting to stretch into year eight, year nine, year 10, and if you're starting to hit the upper limits of that maximum salary at the consultant level, then you are going to be encouraged to leave. And it may be not Uh, It may not be obvious. It's called being counseled out. And that's just a really fancy way of saying that they're going to give you crummy assignments. You'll be frozen out of the premium, interesting work. You will not be uh, given extracurriculars or assignments. Um, let's, Let's say that you're not going to be going to San Francisco or New York City or Paris on an assignment. Um, and, and no offense to Peoria, but you're probably going to end up in Peoria um, on, on gigs or engagements that uh, other people are actively trying to avoid. Um, and so that bottom 20%, the fours and the fives, are compared to the years at level. They're compared to the salary bands and encouraged to leave. Um, and generally speaking, about um, managed attrition every year is about 10%. So one out of every 10 of your colleagues is going to be gone by the end of the year on a recurring basis. It's a very high turnover industry and it's it's a very competitive industry. If you're coming into consulting from industry, that turnover rate is even higher. That's closer to about 70%. So 70% of the experienced hires that come in, when I was at Accenture, Deloitte and KPMG, we would monitor that number because obviously that's not good it means that people are leaving and people are here for less than a year that means they're not having a good experience and we didn't make a good fit decision that we didn't make a good hiring decision or something went wrong but for experienced hires it's a hard life to adjust to and about 70 percent leave in the first year um it seems shocking but it's it's that's the case that's that's the rules that's the industry So now that you have a little bit of context for the rating scale, uh, the one to five, kind of why it is is used and how it's used to drive people to either be promoted or drive them out of the organization, we're going to talk a little bit about how to kind of use this Darwinian process to your advantage, even if you're not in consulting. So a lot of you out there have never had a performance review, or maybe you've had them every so often and I think that's, that's the general idea that we're talking about here, Amanda, is that you either drive your career or um, you are driven. And plenty of people will take advantage of you and simply not put the time and energy into coaching and mentoring and teaching if you let them get away with it. They're more than happy to give you a paycheck and just let time pass and before you realize it, you've been several years at a place. So first of all, The very first thing you should do, and when I was managing counselees at the big four and big consulting firms, I had in my calendar, and I told my counselees in their calendar to set aside an hour every month to capture their accomplishments. Usually when you're writing your annual review, you will have forgotten everything that you've done until the week before the performance reviews are due, and then you spend the next few days trying to scramble around and figure out what you did, And honestly, it's kind of sad because you can't remember everything and it looks like you have a very small list of accomplishments. That's not true. And if you stop and think about it once a month, you will be able to do a check and a healthy check and start a Word document or a document on Drive that tracks what you've been doing and what you've accomplished. And when you document that and when you start that, that process, take a look at three different categories. This is the way the consulting firms rate their staff and their employees. One, business driver. Two, value creator. Three, thought leader. First is business driver. And this is the category that falls into what you're doing to drive revenues or customer growth or improve the customer experience. Are you hitting your sales targets? Are you helping drive revenues? Are you helping sign new contracts, sign new customers. It's very easy to do the math and do a straight line calculation in terms of you brought in 100 new customers at $50 a piece. Therefore, you created X amount of value to the company. And that's right at the top. That's additional sales. Um, so senior people have a pretty easy time with us, but junior staff may have a little bit of a harder time with us. So think about this creatively. Um, if you have customers that are giving you compliments because you helped them, ask them to put it in writing. Because otherwise it makes you feel good in the moment, but if your supervisors and leadership are unaware of that, it was one of the single most powerful things that an analyst or a consultant could have on their dossier for an annual review is if they had one or many unsolicited emails to the project manager or their counselor about what a good job they had done. So you may not be able to point to a sale or increased revenue, but pointing to customers that are continuing to be customers because of you are things that you should absolutely incorporate and do not be afraid to ask for the feedback in writing. Um, Most people are happy to do it. The second piece, value creator. So are you not just creating revenue Because, frankly, a lot of us don't really have the ability to influence that. But what are you doing to make sure that you are helping the organization and delivering what was expected of you efficiently, quickly, and um, with high quality? Basically, this is the category value creator of simply doing your job. If you are not doing your job, especially in the consulting space, the other categories do not matter because that means that I cannot trust you to deliver in front of the client and deliver what was expected of you. So, and especially in the consulting space, if you're trying to pick off and if you're trying to um, write proposals or write white papers and, and thought leadership and speak at conferences, nobody's gonna give you the time of day if you are not delivering on your core responsibilities. So each month, tally up the things that you delivered and did those get done on time? Did they get done with quality? Were they to the satisfaction of the project manager or the partner? And as you're looking at that, look at ways to improve. And so you can just, you can just assume that, well, it didn't have an impact on a sale or revenue, but if you took a common customer complaint and wrote up a self-help article and put it on the wiki, how much did that save the company? So as a, a value creator, you are helping to increase efficiency and increase the margins. So by creating that wiki post and posting it out there, maybe customers stop calling for that particular issue. They're gonna call still, but maybe they stop calling for help on a particular issue. Well, you've just helped save the company money. So you can create money and create revenue, but you can also save revenue as well. Making your case and making it clear, if you're not in sales, how did you help the company save money? Make it very clear and tie it to dollars and cents. In terms of dollars and cents, here are some statistics to use. Each person spends about 1,960 hours worth of work in the typical American workforce and assume about $40 to $70 in loaded costs, including salary and benefits, healthcare and vacation for the typical person. So if you save 40 hours worth of work, you have helped the company save about $1,600 to the bottom line. That tends to be pretty powerful if you add that up over time. Um, The third piece, and this is the final piece, is, is thought leadership. This one's a little harder, but this is the category for big thinking and keeping an eye on industry trends. And a good way to to think about this is in the horse and buggy industry, those companies went out of business because they were not in the horse and buggy business, they are in the transportation business. And so a failure to see the larger trends that affect your company and your business, and in their case locomotives and automobiles, put them out of business. Amazon is wreaking havoc on the retail sector and the logistics sector, but do you think they're going to be content to own those product, strat- product categories? What about payments? What about financial services? What about technology consulting? All of those are ripe for disruption from different players and different organizations. So are you looking at different blog views and posts? Are you presenting or listening to conferences, TED Talks? Um, Even social media on Twitter, Um, reputable news sources such as Wired Magazine, Fast Company, um, looking to see what Gartner has to say or profiles of the industry leaders like Walmart and Amazon. But also, are you reading articles about Stitch Fix, about StockX, the real real? Um, How are you translating those organizations and their success stories or their failures to your company? So as a thought leader, you're not just looking at the day-to-day work, but you are showing the skills and the ability to look outside of the organization, even if it's just suggesting and proposing different ideas or thoughts on how to work better, or how to apply a practice from another organization to your company and your organization. So remember, hitting all of these categories is incredibly difficult. The consulting space and being a a one or a two in consulting, you haven't had to murder somebody, but you have probably had some really terrible meals. You have spent some late nights, pulled a few all-nighters. You work very, very hard. Um, And if you're going to do anything, start with the value creation piece. Start with doing the things that are expected of you and doing them well. That's the baseline. That's the foundational piece. But if you start to document what's happening and what you're doing on a monthly basis and you set aside the time in your calendar to do that, to reflect on this and ask for input, then you'll be prepared for the annual process and you'll also be able to make that pretty easy in terms of writing up a self-assessment, but also understanding are, are you performing and are you driving the organization towards a good place But more importantly, are you driving your career or are you waiting to be driven?
0: Thanks, Matt. Um, It seems like beyond the context of even a performance review, this process of self-review would be a good practice for anyone. Um, Taking the time to assess or reassess and adjust your own expectations and goals can really help your career or at the very least make updating your resume easier. Well, that's it for today. So go to the episode page through our show notes for the related blog and leave comments and questions, and we'll be back next time. Thank you.